Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, for the awesome intro music. As always, we have an all-post NFL draft episode for you. So if you missed any or all of the NFL draft, no worries. JT and I got you covered. And speaking of JT, Jimmy Thompson, let me welcome in everyone's favorite. JT, how you feeling today? Uh, I feel sad. It, it's always sad when the NFL draft is over. Like no matter what happens, what mistakes your team makes, which we're going to get into, um, you just wish it can last more than a couple of days. But I mean, how did, how did you feel? I, I felt like I was really excited coming into this draft. I felt like it was going to be one of the most exciting ones in a while. And somehow, like, it's come and gone. And I I feel like it just didn't live up to, like, the fireworks. Yeah, maybe didn't, Yeah, maybe overall didn't live up to the fireworks. I totally agree with you. It just comes and goes. And then you're, like, really kind of depressed afterward. Like, oh, man, got to wait 365 more days until, you know, hockey tryouts, like Happy Gilmore once said. But, um. I totally agree with you. And the other thing with the NFL draft is, do you like, before we get into the show, do you like how now it went to a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, or did you like that all day Saturday fest, like rounds one through three and then Sunday four, four through seven, like back in the day? For me personally, I kind of like the format now because now I actually have time to go sit down and watch every round. And I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed. Like, I feel like the first round should be the first night. And that's it. Because we're like, you know what? We're hyped up. This whole this whole crazy thing just happened. Your team got their first round pick. And now it's like, oh, you know, like, what are we going to do tomorrow? Because there's so many good players left on the board. And then the guys that are going like day three, four through seven, get like their own shine. So people can know who they actually are. So I like this one better, to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind if it was first round Friday night and then rounds two through four spread out Saturday, and then um, five, six, seven on See, I feel like nobody Sunday. will watch the five, six, seven, and that's the part that's, the part that's kind of tricky. Possibly, but it allows people to really build it up Saturday morning because I feel, I feel Friday night rounds two to three. I don't know. Maybe you're right. You're probably right. More prime time. You know what? I, I take that back. Probably for the NFL, it is better the way they've done it cool just, he said i'm right this is the only time you're gonna I, hear this today i was just thinking that you know for me i'd like to just be able to sit down all day saturday and really because friday night you can't really you can't really research friday going into friday night but anyway so jt speaking of the draft like i said it's a post nfl draft episode so first let's start with the first round and what we thought was the best pick, biggest reach, and biggest surprise. So first, what was the best pick in the first round? I mean, do we even have to ask this question? 
it's Justin Fields. Like, how how do you? Oh live my goodness! I'm no, no. so and, glad. And, and Hold on, I'm so glad this draft is over, so I don't have to hear about Justin Fields for another uh, four months. Well, honestly, you are gonna hear about him all summer, and it ain't <laughs> just gonna be from me. But I mean, all seriousness, it's not just the fact that I liked him as like the number two quarterback in the draft. And you know, I'm a big fan, but it's the fact that the Bears were able to trade up to get him outside the top 10. Like, this is the only year you can do that with a quarterback that's that highly rated on the board. Like, you don't get them outside of the top 10. So they gave up what their 20th pick this year, a fifth round this year, their first round next year, which is likely going to be in the 20s anyway, and then a fourth rounder next year as well. Like, you giving all that up just just to go get Justin Fields like that. I feel like that wasn't enough. Like they should have demanded a ransom to move up at that point. And then it's also worth it for the Bears because they're in a potential situation where they might be the team with the best quarterback in the division if Aaron Rodgers actually moves on this offseason. So I'm all with the Bears picking fields. See, let me ask you this before I go into my answer, because. I, I think Justin Fields can be a good quarterback. You're almost locking him in as a perennial pro bowler, potential Hall of Famer already. And my thing is, you know, no offense to the Bears, but they have not always put the best offensive pieces uh, around the quarterback in that organization. I agree with you on so, that. And, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I agree with you on that. But I will say this. It's not so much of, I love, like I said, I love Fields. It's not the fact that they got him. It's where they got him. And, and I understand, but I, that's the point I want to go back to. You said, oh, they didn't have to give up much. They did give up a first rounder in 2022. So my my argument would be A-Rob is on a franchise tag right now, right? Yeah. So he could walk potentially, not guaranteed, but he could walk after 2021. So if you have a, not a, you know, if you have a seven and nine, six and 10 year, because we don't even know if he's going to play, maybe it's Dalton, Right. So now you, you don't have a good year. You don't have a good year. A-Rob walks. You have no running game. And you don't have a 2022 first-round pick. So Justin Fields, first two years in the league, you've, you've wasted. So that's the only reason why I say it's potentially not the best pick is because you did need to give up a future first-rounder in your team still has needs on the offensive side of the ball. But here's the thing with that. I'll let you go with yours because you actually got to give a selection. I, I hear what you're saying. Yes, they gave up a first rounder in next year's draft, but we have talked about this multiple times already. There's no quarterbacks next year. And if you have an opportunity to get a quarterback in this loaded quarterback draft, you do it because you then you would have to wait two or three years to see who's the next prospect. When you have an opportunity and a shot to take it now, they did what they had to do, and I thought it was the right move. So my selection, it's a tough one, but – I'll go with the safer selection of the two that I had written down. I'm going to go Penny Sewell at number seven. He was a potential top three oh, guy. You actually saying something nice about Penny Sewell, but this is great. Go ahead. Potential top three guy going into the 2020 college football season falls to number seven. The Lions finally, in my opinion, make a solid non-sexy pick. And that is how you rebuild. That is how you build the foundation of a team offensive line. And then later at this point, because I thought Stafford was a good quarterback that they never got enough help for. This is what they should have done when Stafford was there. 
So hopefully when they find their quarterback of the future, they have all the other pieces in place. And Penny Sewell is a great start to that. And it goes to what you were saying with Justin Fields. Great value at him falling to number seven. Oh, absolutely. They didn't, they didn't have to move. Yeah. It's just like, look, he just fell into our laps. Like nobody gets an easier draft choice in the first round. Right. So let's go the opposite of what we felt you felt the Bears did and in in what I felt the Lions did with with great value and getting the best pick in the first round. How about the biggest reach, JT? So let's so let's clarify that by reach. We're not saying that this player is necessarily bad. It's just they should have done something else with the pick. And they took that person a little too soon. For right. at, at that spot, they got that player. Doesn't mean he's not a good player. It's just at that particular spot in the draft, maybe he could have fallen to, to a later spot where they could have selected him. I think it's got to be – I hate to harp on it and, you know, dump on them even more because I feel like when they made this pick around the world, everyone was like, what are you doing? It's the Raiders picking Alex Leatherwood at 17. And it's it's not because I don't think he's going to be a good player. Highly rated out of high school, played at Bama, started, played well. But it's like, okay, we know you need offensive line help. There are other – there are two other tackles on the board that are much highly more rated. You got Tevin Jenkins – and you got your boy uh, Darashaw from Virginia Tech. They're still there. And you pick a guy that a lot of people that are way better experts than us, they've been on the job a lot longer. They're saying this dude's going to end up playing guard, like based on his skill set. You don't draft a guard when you need a tackle, and there's other good tackles available still. So I, I wanted to talk about this. We won't get into it today, but people need to start questioning whether or not that John Gruden deal is a good thing because him and Mayock are proven time and time again they do not know what they're doing in the draft. You're so right. It's amazing. If we were to... This to, is what $100 million gets you over 10 years. If if before the draft, we were just to say, hey, what one team could butcher this draft or, or you know, reach? I think we would both both select the Raiders because it happens, it seems, every year. And I had that also as number one, but I figured you would, you would come in and, and take that. So I did have a backup just in case. I guess the only one, the only other one that maybe is just as egregious is maybe the Packers at number 29, taking the cornerback from Georgia, Eric Stokes. Because if you look, JT, later on in the second round, Asante Samuel was still available. Kelvin Joseph, even if you want to go Tyson Campbell, the other cornerback from Georgia. Who who a lot of people think is the better player. uh, Between him and Stokes, right. So I don't know why at 29 you're reaching there when you could have taken possibly another cornerback who's better or wait until the second round to take Eric Stokes. Or how so, about this? How about this? And I'll, I'll, I'll jump you real quick. Cause I know you're going to ask me what's my biggest surprise in the first round. And to me, that was it. First of all, how do the Packers keep doing this every year? Why are you not drafting a player for Aaron Rodgers? Like you are in the middle of a, a, a pre-public divorce and you do the one thing that you can't do, draft somebody that can't help him win right now and get him to stay. Like, in then to mention what you said, they took the cornerback that may not even be the best one from the team. Like, I don't understand how you do that. No help for Rodgers. Like, he's gone. This is That was the biggest surprise for me because he put it out there before the draft. I'm unhappy. I want to leave you. And the Packers like, you know what? All right, I'll show you. We just won't help you again. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my biggest surprise of the first round, I think 
JT, it's the Patriots not having to trade up to get Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I know. You're I know the you. only one that's probably surprised about that because I felt Mac Jones had no business going in the top ten anyway. But see, that's where I'm surprised. What mock draft? And, and you can tell me if there was what mock draft had the the Patriots staying at fifteen and Mac Jones falling. I'm not saying that. I'm not to saying. Be honest, to be honest I, with you, that's actually a really good question. So initially, I didn't see a lot of those, but like the last week or so. I saw a lot of mock drafts where like Justin Fields and Mac Jones were in that 14 to like 18 range. And like they were like teams were staying there and getting them there. I still think it's a little surprising because, you know, come come the day of the draft, teams are trading up someone who you may feel reaches for Mac Jones, like a Denver Broncos or someone. So I was still surprised that the fact that the Patriots didn't have to make a move up. So surprised me. And I would say, you know, 1A, 1B, the 1B of this would be the Giants and Gettleman finally making the correct move of moving down after they realized. Which he never does. Right? Like if you right. look at his track record, Gettleman never moves down. In, in realizing, uh-oh, Devontae Smith, who we wanted, was taken by the Eagles. Let's slide down and pick up an extra pick later. So that also surprised me. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing before we move on to the quarterbacks. And this is just me just, I want to rant because it's my team another big surprise is the Dolphins like I know we made some solid picks but I really felt like they missed the opportunity in the second round so we got jumped by the Broncos for Javante Williams the running back who I knew we were going to take we didn't get we didn't get him they took a safety from Oregon which I wasn't too happy with but everyone seems to like but here's the thing they end up taking the safety and then they traded up for a tackle it works out you could have taken Tevin Jenkins with that first second round pick, and then we could have traded up to get the TCU safety. Uh, was it uh, Trevor Moore? Everyone had him as a top safety. So the Dolphins could have did exactly what they did in the second round, but we could have gotten two guys that every mock draft on the planet had as first round picks. Yep. That was the biggest surprise to me because I was like the Dolphins. Oh, these two guys on the board, they're going to find a way to get them. But they just went and did the opposite and got two other guys that play those same positions. So, yeah, JT, before I know you're going to go to the next category or the next segment, but I got to say, sometimes maybe teams have such different draft boards. And that that's what I, I, they I never, guess that's what it is. Yeah, that they never consider Jenkins or, or Trayvon Morig that high. That's crazy. But, you know, discrepancies come in with the quarterback. So we're going to talk about that. So as we expected, five QBs went in the first round. And the only time, only time will tell how it all plays out and who actually turns out to be a successful NFL player. But let's focus on next year, their rookie years only. So who do you think is going to have the best first year in the NFL and why? I think it's easy. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. He's going to play right away. All right. So he lock him in as the starter from right now. Urban Meyer is coming from college. And obviously, so is Trevor. So I think Urban's going to fit the offensive system more like a college system off the start, from the start, so that Trevor Lawrence is more comfortable with that system. So I think that'll help him. And then two other reasons. First, I just think he's the best of the five quarterbacks talent-wise. And then the last reason is Houston and Tennessee's defense is in that division. So he gets to play them four of the 16, well, 17 games now. 
So he gets to play them four times and none of those games will probably be in bad weather. So you look at some of the other quarterbacks, Zach Wilson's in the Meadowlands. Justin Fields is in the Windy City. Trey Lance, if he plays, is out on the West Coast, but San Francisco. Well, his is more that he just might not play. Right. He may not play, but San Francisco is still, you know, the, the wind, the, the, the weather conditions sometimes are difficult. Plus, he plays in the NFC West with having to play Aaron Donald twice. And then Mac Jones in New England with the weather, but Cam right now is the quarterback, according to Bill Belichick. So Trevor Lawrence, I think this is an easy answer. Yeah, you took the easy way out, but I'm not. I'm sticking with my guy. It's Justin Fields. And I'm going to stick with the same mantra I stuck with when we were on Bad Medicine Podcast. What did I tell you? Guys that can run the ball as a quarterback and athletic, they always get on the field the fastest, and they can produce the fastest in the NFL. Now, it might not be good long-term, but they produce the fastest. All the mobile quarterbacks do that. And then as much as I give Mac Nagy a hard time I actually want to see what he can do with a good quarterback like he may be able to do something that with fields he couldn't do with Trubisky so that's what I'm looking forward to and then also I'm going to harp off your point you made with uh Trevor Lawrence with the division opponents you know he's got the Lions twice the Vikings twice they're not really you know that scary and then you look at the Packers if they don't have Aaron Rodgers like that's basically like playing the Jaguars so if you look up, he they could be the best team in that division without Aaron Rodgers, and he could be playing essentially three teams that aren't that good. So it's going to be close between him and Lawrence. All right, two things I got to chime in here before we move on. One, you're presuming Aaron Rodgers leaves, so even that's not stays, a given. Even if he stays, you act like the Packers' defense is elite. That's the point. Okay, and two, what about your comment about athletic guys that can run scrimp? Is Trevor Lawrence – you know, I'm, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, first of all, I'm not, I didn't say I didn't say Trevor Lawrence was unathletic, and I didn't say I disagreed okay. with you. I'm just going with my guy. But but, but see, I mean, Justin Fields but, is a special athlete. But the same can be said about Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding? He's not a special athlete. Come he on, ain't Justin Fields. You're, Look, you're I now can, they're, trying they're, to fit. They're obviously both going to be good in year one, and I think the rookie offensive player of the year is going to come down to those two. So you, whoever, yeah. whoever, can, whoever can put up the better stats, I think that that's the team. That's the person that's going to be the better player year one. I'm just going with Justin Fields because because you I've like him. Admit it. Admit it. He needs to fit your narrative of how you've been hyping him up. The people Kyle on Instagram oh, time Live time out, time out. said it beautifully. When JT likes a guy, there is no convincing him with facts or anything. It doesn't matter. JT sticking with that guy. And you're so funny because I'm the same guy that said the Dolphins should have tanked for Trevor Lawrence for three years now. And you've just been like, oh, no, you can't do oh. that. You can't risk it all. He ain't that special like that. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is an easy answer. Like, how can you not go with Trevor Lawrence? Make up your mind. I said they're both good. I'm just going with Justin Fields. I'm, I will we'll see who's right. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back on the show and no, you'll you get won't. to say how right you were. Yeah, but you won't admit you're wrong. That's the oh, difference. I will. I, I won't be able no, to you deny won't. it. You'll you see who has you the better stats. You won't deny it. Anyway, let's go with um, – Sticking with the first He's so round. mad he can't even read the question. I know. Go I ahead. can't yeah. even read the script. It's right there in front of you. Just read the damn All question. right. Let me read it because the, the writing is impeccable on this show. So, JT, let's stick with the first round. Five years from now, there will be all sort of redrafts as we, as we have seen lately. with That will pry players off. <laughs> that, that we've seen with prior drafts. So, there's going to be redrafts of this 2021 NFL draft. 
And certain players will obviously move up and others, you know, move down in those redrafts. So, so let's take a look already into the future. Which player, specific player, will teams regret passing during this or from this first round? I didn't know where you were going, but I have to. So one, I got to throw in Justin Fields, and I know you don't want to hear more about him. I think, especially the Broncos passing up on him at number nine, I think teams will regret that. Anytime you have a potential franchise quarterback, and you don't have a quarterback and you pass on them, that's usually where you have the biggest regrets. And then also, I'm going to say the teams that uh, that passed on Christian Derrishaw. You know, I felt Washington should have took take, taken him at 19. They took a linebacker who I wasn't – we watched this tape together and we're like, oh, I'm not really seeing what they're raving about. But Derrishaw, I thought he was a top 15 player. He fell past 19. Like, you look at pro football focus, I know they're like the Bible. He was the top-rated offensive lineman in, in the Power 5 conferences last year. So you get that opportunity at 19 and you pass. I think they'll regret that. I like the Darisaw pick by you. I'm going to go with the Falcons will regret passing either Justin Fields or Mac Jones because they had a potential franchise quarterback in their spot and they elect, and I'll harp on it again, they elected to go with the tight end with a quarterback that's well, they went, they went with the freak. It's, it's not even that he's a tight end. They just, they just went with the freakiest player on the board. But it just happened to be him. But that's my whole point. I don't believe even at the time he was the best player on the board, but you elected to go with him who with the aging quarterback where the argument could have been made. There were a lot better talent, whether it's Penny Sewell or Justin Fields or Mac Jones on the board at that time. And I think that will come back to hurt the Falcons because I disagree with you. I don't think they're ready to make a, a Super Bowl run. Okay, in the next two years. So you got to plan for the future when you've got the number four pick and those quarterbacks are on the board. I agree with you in theory, but here's here's what I'll say. And then we'll, we'll move on. One, I think Matt Ryan's cap situation over the next two years made that virtually impossible. And then also too, everybody in the NFL, we talk about this all the time. They're all on the kick of get the quarterbacks on the rookie contract. So if you do that, you can't cut Matt Ryan for the next two years. So you're essentially wasting two years of that rookie deal and the guy is sitting on the bench. So it's a tough decision for the position for them to be in. But ultimately, without the restrictions, it should have been a quarterback. I agree. But did that not happen with Aaron Rodgers sat two years while Brett Favre was there? Because you're yeah, right. The, went, the Matt went, Ryan, like 20, though. The Matt the Ryan contract. But that's my whole and, point. And, and Does Brett it matter? Contract, the, the, the cap hit on Brett Favre's contract was nowhere near what Matt Ryan's is going to be. And I understand Matt Ryan has to play the next two years. There's no doubt. But by you taking pits, the argument could be made. You're not Here's winning the, the next two years. What happens for pits in year three when Matt Ryan's not there? You've got you've got Donato Bucci throwing the Kyle Pitts. Pitts is going to be useless and Julio will be gone. Well, anybody you throw to basically it's going to be useless. Oh, we're going to end on that? Okay, yeah, I yeah, see yeah, the way yeah, it is. I'm, I'm I see the way it is. All yeah. right, whatever. I, I, I'm right then. So which player will a team regret taking in the first round? So this not passing, but actually selecting, they'll regret. Um, I'm just sticking with Derrishaw. I think, I think the Raiders are going to regret taking Leatherwood. And I think just the same reason. Derrishaw was on the board. You need a tackle. You need a whole offensive line, to be honest with you, but you don't take a guard in the first round unless they're special. Like, if this was Quentin Nelson, yeah, you take him, but 
Leatherwood ain't quitting Nelson. Like, Derrishaw is the best lineman on the board. Or even if you want to take Tevin Jenkins, I just think the Raiders are going to regret taking Leatherwood at that spot. And, yeah, it's kind of hard to not go with that. <laughs> yeah, I could do the same saying Kyle Pitts. So, I've got to put Kyle Pitts in there. But the other guy I would say is Jamar Chase. I think the Bengals are going to regret passing on a possible uh, anchor. Yep, an anchor on the offensive line, whether it's Sewell uh, or or Darisaw or Rashawn Slater. Because I think you can always find a Jamar Chase type receiver in later rounds or later drafts. Well, this is such a protect deep Burrow wide because, receiver class well, too. Plus, yep. Exactly. And plus you got, you've seen what happens when you don't protect Burrow quarterbacks get injured. So you know what the answer is and you still neglected it. So I, I got to say Jamar chase Bengals are going to regret that. I'm also going to say this. I'm going to say um, regret passing one more. And it's, it's a situation. I think the saints and the Packers are going to 100% regret passing on Gregory Rousseau and Jason Owe. Like as pass rushers, you never see guys with that high a ceiling available at the end of the first round. Like those guys have, if everything breaks right, they have all pro type potential. And you need that on defense. Both of those defenses need it, especially the Saints, because they're in the division with explosive offenses. And you have those two potential pass rushers on the board and you don't take a chance on one of them. They'll regret passing on those guys. So let's go to, I feel like this debate has been, you know, more back and forth than the quarterbacks. It's the receivers. So five receivers went in the first round. You got Jamar Chase, which you already mentioned. My guy, Jalen Wall, that went to the Dolphins. Devonta Smith, Kadarius Toney, and Rashad Bateman, who I love. Now, I think they're all really talented, but at the end of the day, who do you think is going to have the better NFL career amongst those five guys? Before I answer this question, when did Jalen Waddle become your guy? Because you were I said dogging just the Dolphins him. took him. He has you, to be my guy now. I don't agree with the pick, okay. but he's in Miami. That's my guy now. I got to support my team. All right. Fair enough. Because I was going to say you were dogging that pick Thursday night on IG Live. Oh, uh, no doubt about it. For the fans that missed it on IG Live, it was a great show. I uh, hope you can join us next year. Uh, JT, you already know my answer. Anyone who's listened to this show already knows my answer. It's Devontae Smith easily is going to be the best receiver of this of this group. Uh, next question. I agree. I think it's going to be Devonta Smith. And I wanted to pick Jamar Chase because I think he has the best combination of situation with this quarterback, the connection with the quarterback and physical skills. But I'm sorry, like I'm kind of worried about him, like you said, not only should they have gone with Sewell, but I look at him on tape and I'm like, uh, he he's physical and he's fast, but he's not really a separator like in his breaks and his route. Devonta Smith can do all of that. He's healthy. Yeah, I know everybody's concerned about the weight, but I mean, they put him in the slot or, you know, he's not he can beat the press. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I feel like he's the most NFL ready receiver right now. In my yeah, and, and some people can say this is, you know being a Monday morning quarterback, but I always liked Justin Jefferson better than Jamar Chase, even two seasons ago at LSU. And Justin Jefferson went way later than yeah. Jamar Chase. So I think Justin Jefferson playing so good last year made everybody was like, oh, well, Jamar caught 20 touchdowns. Like, yep. how good will he be? Yep. And then he was always like the freakier, like athlete testing wise. So it was just a perfect storm. I just, 
he just reminds me of a fast Des Bryant. And like, how long will that last? Like as a good receiver, because at some point you got to learn how to run routes and separate on the routes. Cause that's where the good receivers are. I always said, Smith, if he can hold up with the weight, I think he'll be the best receiver. And I just think now I see where they've ended up. I, I can see him having the better career. So let's get into this because I know this actually affects you because it involves the Steelers. So everybody has that classic debate of whether you should take a running back in the first round or not. Two running backs went in the first round. Your Steelers took uh, Najee Harris. And then, of course, the Jags took Travis Etienne. So out of those two guys, who do you think is going to have the better NFL career? So can I ask you a question? Because I think it's going to help me. Absolutely. Go ahead. And okay. Ask me. Cause I, cause it, I love nothing better for you. Just ask me stupid questions, but go ahead. Wow. See, we, did we have to go to the stupid route instead of like a surprise question? Oh, the fact that you said that, I know this is going to be a stupid question, but go ahead. Who do you think had the better NFL career? Le'Veon Bell or Reggie Bush? Oh, Bell. Okay. So that helps me answer my question. I think it's Najee Harris then because the Steelers are going to use him more than Jacksonville will use Etienne these first four or five years. And I trust the Steelers in the way they use running backs and just that organization in general than I do with Jacksonville because Jacksonville also has your dude at running back, James Robinson. Oh boy. Yeah. So they got J-Rob. So I don't know how Etienne fills in here unless he's only a third down back. Did and you so see? maybe, maybe Etienne, the reason why I asked you about Le'Veon Bell versus Reggie Bush, because I think Najee Harris is going to get way more um, attempts, work. rushing attempts and work as a stealer over the next four or five years. But you know what that might mean between him playing at Bama being the workhorse, him being the workhorse with the Steelers, he may not have many good years after those first four or he five might have years. like four and a half good years and then you'll start it, to see the decline right whereas etienne might be more like reggie bush where if they're using him in the passing game you know he's only getting 10 rushing attempts a game he can prolong his career go eight nine ten years with his explosiveness but it's it's more of a longevity thing of why Etienne's going to put up numbers. So I'll say Najee Harris, but that is the reason why, because I think his career will be more compact, but more impactful. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And that's actually a really good comparison with uh, Reggie Bush and Le'Veon Bell. And it's so funny you said Lev Bell, because I had that written down where I was like, Najee with the Steelers is like Le'Veon Bell-esque, like, he can do everything. He's just not as elusive as Bell, but maybe he will be by the time he, you know, actually gets to learn how to play in the NFL. But I agree for what you said. I just think Najee is going to get more work and he's in a better situation that suits his skill set. And Jags, they, like you said, they're already loaded in the backfield. They got my boy, James Robinson, who was probably the best rookie running back last year. And don't forget, they have. Car they have Carlos Hyde, who is Ohio State back as well. So it's it's not exactly an open backfield for Travis Etienne. And they're already saying that they're going to use him as a third down back or in that Percy Harvin type role, like Urban Meyer used him at Florida. So I don't know where his path to consistent touches are during his rookie contract. So for that reason alone, I got to go with Najee because they drafted him in the first round. He's going to get all the work. They've been looking for it back to give 30 carries a game too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So JT, let's go beyond the first round now and the rest of the draft. Um, and this is really, I think our favorite 
part where we make some predictions that we can look back yep, on in a few <laughs> on a few years and you can laugh at me and oh i'm still laughing i'll take the high road and be nice with you because you know you're not 100 percent correct in these either um so let's start with a positive though which team in your opinion had the best draft this was so tough because i honestly I can't pick one team that I thought had an excellent draft. Like I thought there was a lot of solid drafts. Um, I'm just going to go like with a three-way tie. And I honestly, you're going to think I'm just being funny. I think all the teams in your division had the best drafts. I think the Ravens had a really good draft. The Browns had a really good draft and the Bengals, even though I, we agree, we don't like the Jamar chase pick in the first round, they basically filled all their needs with all the remaining picks. So they picked up some pretty solid players. So the AFC North as a whole sans the Steelers had the best draft in my opinion. Well, this is an easy answer. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. JT, they had nine picks. All right. They filled a lot of holes on their roster. Oh gosh, that game will pick. It hurts my soul. I'm getting to that. And they didn't need to reach in filling those needs, right? A lot of teams, even in the later rounds, will still kind of reach because they're they're filling their needs, which I understand later on, but they didn't even need to do that here. I still think they got the best player, and because they had so many holes, it filled a hole. So, for example, Devontae Smith, love that pick. You already know that. Landon Dickerson falling to what? The if second he comes round. back. Yeah, he fell to the second round. He can play guard or center, so wherever they need him. And then you mentioned it. Fifth round, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, the running back. I mean, they were talking about the Steelers taking him in the second round. I was way off there because I thought the Steelers should have waited to take a running back in the second round where – We talked about them waiting to take Gainwell on the IG Live show. Yeah, but I thought second round, JT, he fell to the fifth. So – and then you look at some of their other picks – Teron Jackson out of Coastal Carolina. I know you're not a big Coastal Carolina fan, but he's on the defensive side of the ball. Listen, any LSU safety, sign me up for. Jacoby Stevens, they got him from LSU. And then maybe the steal, okay, I won't say the steal of the draft, but (laughs) a lot of people- Yeah, yeah, you're going a little too far, but go ahead. A little too far. But a lot of people are talking about it. The linebacker from Tulane, Patrick Johnson, he fell all the way to the end of the third day. And who, who got him? the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I can see right there five of those guys, maybe all six that I mentioned, having an impact not only in the first year, but well into the future. So I've got the Eagles. I will say this about the Browns in particular. I like what they did because they addressed the one thing they had to throughout the offseason. They really addressed what they needed on defense, especially at uh, cornerback in the secondary. And I feel like they got some guys on defense in this draft where you could tell they drafted them just to slow down Lamar Jackson. And anytime like your team is able to do that and get value to where you can stop the best player in your division, like I got to say that's a good draft. And then with the Bengals, they got Jamar Chase, which is he people think he's going to be an explosive receiver and a playmaker. But then they got other guys that can help. But they got Joe Burrow, some help on the offensive line later that I think they made some solid picks. They got some guys on defense, like they got the guy from Texas. They're going to have replaced Carl Lawson. So, and I'm going to get to the Ravens picks a little bit later, but they finally got Lamar Jackson, you know, some receivers and you know how the Ravens always draft well on defense. Like 
those three drafts to me are by far, I think, the most solid across the league. Yeah, but you said it yourself. Cleveland took, what, the Notre Dame linebacker, and you're not sold on him. So you're well, projecting. Well, here's, here's, here's hold on, hold on, hold on. You're projecting that all these picks they made hit, right? Which, in theory, that never happens. Like, I don't care how good of a – you go back to the 1970s with the Steelers. I'm pretty sure in there they made some bad picks. But what happened was they made Hall of Fame picks, and we forget about all the other bad picks. Here's, You're presuming all of the Browns picks hit. Who was their first-round pick? It in, was Greg in, Newsom. In, in your reaching, the, which they already have Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. Well, in, the, well in, those guys in, can't stay healthy. So, I mean, well, they need all the secondary help they can get. Well, the thing with the Browns is, it's, and I'll talk about JOK later, uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame. I don't personally like him, but I think I, I like where they got him because he was supposed to be a first round pick to get him in the second round is value. So I got it. I can't knock them for that. And then I feel like they drafted him for a specific reason. And if they're going to use him to stop an MVP, I like the value and what they're supposedly what I think they're going to use him for. So I. So I can't knock them for that. That's what I don't like because it's one thing if you're saying, hey, we're getting corners because the whole league is going the four five wide spread offense or a fast linebacker, that's fine. But if you're getting this guy just to stop Lamar Jackson, you play him twice a year. You probably will more likely than yeah, not that, never play him in the playoffs. But here's either. the thing. You're right, but that those two matchups can determine whether you get into the playoffs, whether you have home field advantage. It it, it, it matters. JT, if that's the case, you haven't built your roster full enough then if it comes down to we got to stop well, Lamar Jackson. Well, the good Jackson. thing is we got, we got the opportunity to see how it goes. Yes, what we do you got to ask me next? Yes, we do. So which team then had the worst draft? I wanted, I feel like the Texans were too easy, but they just didn't have enough picks. It's the Raiders. They, once again, reach for guys. Either they sh they're going too high or they have no business drafting in the first place. I mean, geez, like, do we even have to talk about some of the people on this on this draft list they took, we already talked about Leatherwood, right? We agree that was a bad pick at 17. And then you thought things were going to turn around. They took Trevon Moore, the safety, in the second round. All right, I can't knock them for that because I thought the Dolphins were going to get him. But after that, it just went down. Like, me and some friends were at, at the house, like, watching the Raiders' picks. We were like, who? Who? Who are these guys? Malcolm Kuntz, who is that Buffalo player? Uh, Divine Diablo, a Virginia Tech safety. I don't never even heard of him. Uh, Tyree Gillespie, Missouri, safety, never heard of him. Nate Hobbs, cornerback, Illinois, never heard of him. Like Jimmy Morrissey, Pittsburgh center, never heard of him. Like, how do these guys help you in a division where you need to be better? Like, you need to hit on these picks. Four of these guys might not even make the team. Wait, do you not watch college football? How do you not know who Jimmy Morrissey is from Pitt? And how do you not know Coons from Buffalo? I don't like think they were comparing him to like Khalil Mack, even though he's not because they played at Mack. Buffalo, and I disagree. Yeah. But anyway, the the team that I got with the worst draft, and part of it is because they didn't have many picks, was Seattle. JT through the first three rounds, they had one pick. Now I know they traded for Jamal Adams, so I'll give them that. But their one pick they had in the first three rounds, they took Dwayne oh. Eskridge. Oh my gosh! Why <laughs> are you going? And, and I understand you need to have three quality receivers right now, but do you not already have that? Like, I, I don't understand why there's not a need. Yeah, exactly. And then they come back with Trey Brown and Stowe Force, Stone Force Foresight from Florida. And so you've only, you've had three picks the whole draft. And, and you made other trades 
One was with the Bears, I believe. But like, did they trade th- up for Eskridge? I think they did, right? Those three guys, uh, I'm not sure. I know they did make a trade with the Bears, but those three guys is all. Those are the only three you ended up with, and none of those three impressed me. Where do they? How do they fit in? I'm not sure. You, sh- you don't even need a receiver. Like yeah. that's a strength of that yeah. team. You yeah. should have picked offensive line. That's what Russ has been screaming about. Yep. I, I I don't like it. Now they did do that with Stone, but that's a little too late. When you're taking him late on the third day, that, that's not a starter. That's not a starter. So I've got the Seahawks. Uh which so let's focus on the players here. Which player was the steal of the draft? It was tough because I feel like there were a lot of steals in this draft. But what I was going to do is just go to like the middle rounds because I feel like second round had so so many good players that were taking that, you know, great values. I don't know how this guy fell that far, but it's Jabril Cox. Like how did the Cowboys get him in the fourth round, the linebacker from LSU? Like I thought he would have been a second round pick. And like he checks all the boxes, big, fast, physical. He played at LSU like – if you were LSU linebacker, now I know he transferred from what North Dakota State, but he was a baller there too. I just don't understand how a guy with this profile, this track record, falls to the fourth round. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, well, LSU, kind of like Arden Key, you know, they come up hyped, and, and I'm guilty with it with their safeties. I mean, look at Grant Delpit. Grant <laughs> yep. Like, I'm guilty with it, and I'm sure um, Jacoby Stevens won't turn out to be the all-pro that I think he's going to be. Yeah, you so were screaming I, about that. I, I think that might be the thing with Jabril Cox is that, JT, we kind of fall in love with the physique, how they play at LSU, but that doesn't always translate to the I NFL mean, for some reason. I mean, but you, the fourth round, I think yeah. he's going to be a solid I, player. I, that's true. That is true. I'm going to go with a little earlier, but I still feel is a steal, is Aziz Ojolari the Georgia linebacker that the Giants got later in the second round. You had mentioned him Great maybe pick. going in the first round. On I, had him to the, I had him mocked to the Titans for weeks in the first round, and they right. got him in the second. At like number 21 or 20. Second, yeah. yeah, number 21 or 22, wherever they were picking. And it seems that he has, he has received a clean uh, bill of health from Dr. Uh, what James Andrews. Um, and – he should have or could have been, like you mentioned, a first round pick. Is that is Listen, that even a, is that a good thing though? Because I feel like if I went to Doctor James Andrews, I don't even want that out there. Like people get nervous when you say that, and they're like, "Wait a minute, you went to see Andrews? Like, why is he talking about?" <laughs> like, yeah, what's wrong? Well, what's I think up? that's why that's why he wanted to go is to show that he has the clean bill of health. But listen to what he did in ten games: nine and a half sacks, twelve tackles for losses, or twelve tackles for a loss, and four forced fumbles. The guy is a force, and that knee injury happened in high school. I think at this point, if there was any lingering effects, now I'm not a doctor, obviously, but you I feel like I feel <laughs> I feel like there'd be concern already, and he hasn't shown any of that. And how, then two, how, how many guys? That, how, how many on, guys how do, do we always is, hear? How many guys? How much do of we, that do you think is Georgia though? Because I feel like Georgia knee injury players, like historically, have been like they haven't worked out. You look at Gurley. A uh, boss Jar- Bailey, like Jarvis Jones. Yeah, like I feel like when Georgia players or like it's like Bama too, like when their players come out with injury concerns, they're like for real. Like yeah. you had he had to go to Dr. James Andrews in college. Like that's not a good sign. But the difference is he played that whole year. So that's that's my whole point is that you figured by now that if that knee injury was lingering, we would have we would have seen it. Like it yeah, would have been true. apparent at some point because that happened a while ago. I agree. So that, that's that's who I have there. Um, 
Give me a couple sleepers, JT. All right, real quick. So I'm, I'm going to get this out of the way because I know you're going to be pissed at me. I hate this to even come out of my mouth. But uh, it's Josh Kando, the defensive end from Florida State, went to the Chiefs in the fourth round. Like, I know you're going to look at the stats and be like, well, he didn't play. If it wasn't for his injuries, I feel like he could have easily been a second-round player. What, six foot seven, two 265, elite athlete when healthy. This dude was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the number two high school player in the state of Florida. He went to IMG, which you know is like the holy grail for high school football players back in 2017. Listen to the guys that were on his team that year at IMG. Dylan Moses, who we've talked about, who we love, who I, I think didn't get drafted. Uh, Cesar Ruiz, first-round pick of the New Orleans Saints. Your boy, Grant Delpit. Kellen Mond, who we both love. And KJ Hamler, who's in the league right now. So Kando was highly rated than all of those guys that were his teammates at IMG. If he stays healthy, the Chiefs is a perfect landing spot, and they probably got a guy with elite upside as a pass rusher in the fourth round. Um, got to stay with UM, Brevin Jordan tied in. Houston actually made one good pick round five. I don't know how they got him there. Is it a stretch to say that he might be the best offensive weapon on Houston as a rookie? Like, I mean, legit. Maybe. <laughs> that, well, not if Deshaun Watson plays. I'm just, no, I'm saying like weapon. Like the quarterback, I don't count as a weapon, but I'm just okay. saying like he might be the best like offensive player that's not the quarterback as a rookie. Like you get him in the fifth round. So I think he's a sleeper for sure. Um, I'm I'm not going to get into the game well, but you already know how I feel about that. Um, two more, two more. Uh, Simi uh, Fihoko, wide receiver from uh, Stanford, round five to Dallas. Another freak of nature athlete, 6'4", 225, ran a 437, uh, 35-inch vertical. I don't think that Prescott has ever had a guy built like this. Like He kind of looks like a Ch Chase Claypool 2.0. I like that. And then I know you're always down when I like hype up the Ravens draft pick, but they got two guys I like in round five. Sean Wade, the corner from Ohio State, and uh, Dalian Hayes, the edge player from Notre Dame. Like, before the start of last season, I think everybody has Sean Wade in the top 20. So, to get him there is a value. And then I feel like Hayes, like, he just made plays every time I watched the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game last year. This could be the next Matt Judon. So, I like those as my sleepers. Uh, you've got quite a few there. I've got a couple. Uh, I mentioned this Thursday night on IG Live. Walker Little went to, to the Jaguars in the second round. This was a potential first-round pick um, at one point. I mean – possible top five at one point um, but injuries derailed him a little bit so I like I like the Jags getting him there the pit guy Jalen Twyman uh, going to the Vikings who I thought had a really solid draft too he went in the sixth round uh, D lineman and then I hate saying this but Baltimore Ravens, I thought, made a great selection in the fourth round for Lamar Jackson. I like this receiver out of Oklahoma mm -hmm. State. Tylen Wallace, I think he'll be Physical. able to. I think he'll be able, he'll be able to see the field and possibly help out that offense. I'm telling you, the Ravens had a good draft. I, I like that kid you just said, but he just obviously has injury concerns. But I mean, if he stays healthy, that is like the physical receiver presence they've been lacking for years. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we got to do this category, even though I always feel bad doing it, but who are, give us two busts, uh, that we will be talking about years from now from this draft. All right. So I, I have exactly two guys. One is, uh, Nico Collins, the wide receiver from Michigan. 
he went round three to the Texans. I just never trust Michigan receivers. Like, ever since Braley Edwards, I don't do it. Like, there's just certain things you don't do. He will be a bust for sure. And then I'm contradicting myself. I personally think he's going to be a bust. But it's not because of him as a player. It's just because I don't know how he's going to be officially used. And it's uh, you can go ahead and say his name, the linebacker from Notre Dame, because you say it so much better than me. What's his name? Oh, I know his last name at this point, Corey Moa. All right, Jeremiah Owusu Corey Moa. Great value in round two, just based on where everyone said he was going to go. But I always, I'm having trouble liking linebackers like him in the NFL because. Guys that are like him have struggled in the NFL, and I think it's because they don't know how to use them. You look at a guy I love last year, Isaiah Simmons. He struggled because I think the, the Cardinals didn't know how to use him. Um, Hassan Reddick, that same team, they just didn't know how to use him. Even you go back a few years ago, uh, remember Darren Lee, the guy that came out of Ohio State that was like a top 10 pick to the Jets? I think he struggled because they just didn't know how to use him. So I'm assuming the Browns are going to know what they're doing. If they don't, I think he'll be a major bust. Yeah, I've – uh, the thing about him, though, is that can you say he's a bust if he goes in the second round? That I don't think that that is a bust at that point. It's just that's why he went in the second round. Yeah, but I mean, he's also had a lot of he had a lot of hype. He was supposed to be like a top 15 pick. So I think he, he has a, he has enough hype to where he could be a bust if he doesn't pan out. All right. Well, the two guys I've got. And I'm sorry to keep harping on this, but I, I just can't justify it in my mind. Kyle Pitts, like in two years. Yeah, he may have two good years, but if he stays healthy. What's he going to do in Atlanta with a backup quarterback? I don't know. Um, and then the other guy, I've got a Michigan guy, JT, uh, Pay at number 21. I'm just not sold that this guy is worth a first round pick. When you had all these other edge rushers, you know, going left and right, I feel like because other guys were going, you felt like we need an edge rusher. This felt more of like a need pick. And that is where the busts happen. Like, oh, I need to get a quarterback right now, or I need to get a running back right now. And that's where those busts end up happening, especially if that guy is not his whole body of work is not well-rounded so yeah yeah I so funny because we were watching the draft on the phone afterwards and like when Quiddy got picked the first thing we said was like man he he looks short like his he looks stubby like his arms look short he just doesn't look like an NFL edge player but then again guys like that if you can play you can play like look True. At guys True. like Elvis Dumerville like he's yep. 5'11 he, he can get to yep. the quarterback so Dwight yeah, Freeney like, Dwight Freeney was yeah. like that and he played with the Colts even uh with the Colts uh Mathis same same build like short kind of stocky but he just knew how to get to the quarterback all right and who is this is the ultimate question at the end of the day who is your one pick if you had to for the Hall of Fame from this class you already know who I'm picking Penae Sewell. Oh, it's not Justin Fields. Put, put him in Canton put your right money, now. Put your money where your mouth is, nah, Steven. You don't believe easy. in Justin Fields. This is too easy. Penae Sewell, this is Joe Thomas all over again. Too easy. I'm going to go with the safe pick this time around, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Let's just go with that. I'm You're not going to go with Ian Book? No, no, playing I'm on not. the Saints. You I, should do I, it. Not. Come on, double down. You always like risky quarterbacks for this pick. I'm, I'm not going with Kellen Mond either. So 
Gonna keep it safe. Oh man, I Trevor. thought you were gonna be riskier than this. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. You, you you really just picking Trevor Lawrence because you want to be able to brag that you got this right. That's the only reason you're doing it. Like, hey, you have do- no you have no courage. You have you're not you're not taking any risk. You have no conviction. You just like, all right, cool, Trevor. It's the easiest pick. Did you see my mock draft? I mean, come on. I had the Ravens trading up for Justin. You might not want to admit that on air because I don't know if enough people saw that, it. So, but that's fine. You said you said I don't have enough guts. I do. I'm just getting this pick right. Don't right. don't hate. Don't hate. All right. Before we go, everyone's favorite segment. Got to do it. Surprise, JT. So, JT, if you were being drafted in a potential first rounder, I got two questions. You doing green room or at home? What position do I play? What position would you like to play? Ideally quarterback. Okay, you're a quarterback. You're a I'm quarterback. in the green room. Green room. Okay. And then what's the suit look like? Uh, It's going to look as Miami as possible. I'm going to have Miami Vice colors. Shoes are going to be nice. Um, No socks, like the low-cut socks. Uh, I'm going to have some kind of... Uh, some kind of special cufflinks. It's gonna to be to it's gonna to be to the nines for sure. So are you going all white suit, no tie, uh, nah. pink, pink under, pink, pink dress shirt, unbuttoned, down two buttons with it's, white shoes, no socks. I'm gonna have something. Like, I don't. I don't want to do the all white. I want to do. I do want like a black suit look. I want the Miami Vice colors. I want like the like the pink and the blue in there somewhere. Like maybe like the vest is under there. A vest for sure. Maybe the tie matches that somewhere. Somewhere where I can get. Black, pink, that Miami Vice blue is a little bit of white incorporated somewhere. Okay. And you're going tie or no tie or bow tie? I'm going tie. Okay. okay. Got to have the tie in the vest. All right. All right. Are you going facial hair? No, I'm clean. I got I got I got to show the sponsors and all the major corporations that I could be the face going clean cut. I'm cutting all my hair off, cutting all. All my facial hair off, I'm going as clean as possible. Wow. Wow. See, this guy's a corporate guy. He's Business already move, selling. Exactly. He's already selling himself to the corporate world. See, can't trust him, man. Cannot trust the guy. Well, JT, that wraps up our reaction show to the 2021 NFL draft. Great job, as always. And to the fans and listeners out there, thank you for listening. We can't do it without you, and we wouldn't do it without you. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT and LaDon All Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.